Hey guys, welcome back to the Legion's Lounge. Um, I am your host, Andrew, of the Cardboard Cohorts YouTube channel, and with me is Taylor Howe, the CEO of Future Lore Studios and creator of Legion's Realms at War. Taylor, say hello to everybody. Hey guys, how's it all going? Welcome back. And we also have uh, Matt Waller. He is the producer of the Legion's Lounge podcast. Matt, how's it going? Back. Welcome back. And then to then tonight we have uh, for the first time on the show our very first guest, Patrick Watt. Patrick, how's it going, buddy? Good. How's everybody tonight? Uh, not too good, bad. Man. Not too bad. It's been a uh, it's been a long day, but uh, we're here. We're doing this uh, episode two and. Uh, Kind of getting the word out there about Legion's Realms at War, one of uh, the best TCGs out there, and personally for me, my favorite TCG. Um, what do you guys think? What is this? Uh, obviously, we're all here. This is probably everybody's favorite hey, TCG at the is moment, correct? My favorite TCG. I haven't dabbled in many others though, so. I don't oh, know. you're a, you're I'm, a virgin player. The uh, yeah, <laughs> rectangles. Yep. Huh? Okay, all right. Well, if, it, uh, if it means anything, I'm. It's my favorite TCG. Says <laughs> <laughs> Taylor. Well, of course, I hope so. Uh, uh, it it is definitely now um, my favorite TCG. It has been since uh, probably about March of uh, uh, 2022 um, when I first I started playing. Of course, in January, um, but March is when it really hit for me, where I was starting mm. to understand it and liking it. Um, and I come from. Uh, playing TCGs all the way back in 1993. Um, I started at a, you know, as a kid. Um, I'm a little bit older, so um, I've been around a little bit longer playing TCGs. So um, I'm not sure how old Patrick is or if he's been playing as long as me. Uh, uh, but... I've been playing TCGs for a while. Um, I did get out of them for quite a few years, but Legions got me back into it, which says a lot. Yeah. So, so what, so just out of curiosity, what, what drew you away from uh, TCGs? Mm. Um, well, so I used to play a long time ago. It's when I actually first met Taylor because I knew Taylor uh, prior to Legions um, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, okay. That was, geez, that's, eight years ago? I was going to say almost, almost a decade. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, just uh, Yu-Gi-Oh sort of got to that point where I just, wasn't really as fun for me um i actually got out when what was it link monsters became a thing same time i got out of it yep yeah that's um, also conveniently when i stopped and then um yeah i just I, I played magic sort of on a kitchen table aspect with some friends and stuff over the years but nothing really competitive and then legions came out and got me right back into the swing of things Nice. Actually, funny story about that kind of origin story with uh, with myself and Pat. Um, like I said, Pat's been a friend of mine for a long time. Um, I even knew him before he married his now wife. So uh, we, we've been around the block once or twice. Yep. And uh, one of the things I have to say is that, you know, back in all those years ago, playing a, a different card shop than we play now, um, we, uh, we used to play many games of Yu-Gi-Oh competitively with each other. And it was actually, Pat is the first player to play Legions outside of my initial best friend that helped me test and get the game off the ground. Um, mm -hmm. Pat is the first player to mm -hmm. actually play Legions um, outside of him and I, about, outside of my tester, Malik and I. Um, and that was uh, that story you've heard before of the, of the uh, 
um, playing. When we did it, we did a test. I did a tester game in a dimlit subway and in a small little town. But um, outside of that, at an actual game store, Pat has. You can probably recall it better than I can now after all this time. But backwards Yu-Gi-Oh cards in sleeves with uh, with little pieces of scrap paper with me writing on them, and that was the origin of Legions. And Pat played it with the yeah. Orc deck then. He played the orc deck then when it was just scraps of paper, and he still plays that orc deck today. Nice. Sure do. Jeez. Yeah, it was actually, when, when you think back on it, it was actually funny, because, like, when Taylor first told me about it, it's just like, oh, that sounds actually pretty sweet. We should, I, I should take a look at that at some point, if you're cool with that. And we just sort of got together the one day, and I'm trying to remember, like, I think we ended up being out, like, almost all night. Card shop closed, and we moved to a Tim's. Yep. Right? And we're playing in a Tim's, and he's like, so, like, what what deck do you want to play? Like he names all the legions and stuff, and it's like let's try orcs. Let's go with that one. So so I'm I'm curious. So you you've been playing. So you got to play legions and literally it's like infancy stage, right? So <clears throat> how flawed was it back then? Um, I'm sure there had to be some issues and flaws with it because you know it's it's been what Taylor you've been working on the game for eight years, ten years. You said. Yeah, it's it this now that we've completed our first full year. Um, yeah, we're coming up on nine and a half, almost 10 years now. Jeez. It, it was I, I'm sure there was a lot of going back to the drawing boards and stuff like that back then um, when you first initially played it, Pat. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely like even like if I think back then compared to now, I, I feel like playing it then on pieces of paper and backwards Yu-Gi-Oh cards was probably like what people would consider extremely broken in the decks right now. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's right, so cool, right. Man. That is sick, though. That's so cool. Yeah, that is, that's th- cool, man. One of the things I think Pat can, can second on this one is, uh, particularly with the Orc deck, the other ones, the other decks changed names a lot. But the Orc deck, the names that you see on the cards from the starter Orc deck is the same names the cards were you know, eight and a half, nine years ago when Pat played it with me. That's sick, though. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so Pat, like, Sharn is still Sharn. She stayed with me all this time. That's awesome. So, Pat, so your uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! was a game that you started off playing TCGs, I assume, correct? Yep. Nice. Okay. I, I, I started myself with Magic the Gathering uh, mm. back when it actually first came out. Oh, wow. um, I was one of the... Yeah, yeah. I'm an old man, so, yeah. <laughs> I was playing it way back then, but... Uh, and, you know, it's funny because I've, I've talked to Taylor about this, and I, I think we've talked about it on um, our YouTube channel uh, when I first started streaming, um, how much I actually love Magic the Gathering, and it was my favorite TCG, and how I never thought anything would be better than that game. Um, and then Legions kind of found me when I needed it most, um, and um, it did what I thought no game would do and it replaced magic the gathering for me as my favorite tcg which is which is a lot because i've been playing that game for a very long time so it has to say a lot about the game if it took me away from a game i've been playing for you know almost three decades um that's crazy so we've, we've talked about like the past of legions what would you want to see in the future though uh is this a question for pat go ahead pat you're the um... guest man in the future, mm-hmm. um, more orc cards. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's just sort of 
me though, right? Because like I have a bit of a love for orcs. He just um, wants a, he wants a whole set of nothing but orcs. Like a three hundred and fifty card that set would be of amazing. orcs. Amazing. I'm I'm sorry, but that would be amazing. It would be. That's um, the pure green skin. Yeah. I, I I think if we're talking just sort of in in general, um, like the, those that know me know that I like playing aggro style decks, right? So. Yeah. With, with with legions like we've seen some of the new warlords um couple spoilers so far since spoiler season started up and stuff and it's i'm curious to see what other decks may be a little bit more on the aggro front and what decks even further than that potentially see a little bit more on like the aggro front just as like my style of play which it's, ones it's you funny can you make say that, aggro. Pat. It's funny you say that, Pat, because I feel the same way. Uh, because, like I said, coming from Magic, I'm a I'm a very big aggro player in Magic. Um, you know, mountain cards, red all day um, in in Magic. But um, that is one of the things I'm looking forward to. I, that that's the thing with Legions. I can't figure out what I want to play. You know, a control style deck, an aggro deck. There's just so. You know, it doesn't seem like with only eight legions, there's, there's a lot to choose from, but there really is, and they all play different, and you can build them multiple ways. So it's hard yeah. for me, you know, just getting into the game, uh, you know, within less than a year, trying to figure out what my play style in this particular game is. No, hundred percent, right, and that and that's where I think one of the one of the great things is like each of the each of the legions aren't sort of locked into that legion only plays like this and we're going to see those legions that currently play like that play differently right so mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how those legions play into those different play styles as their own legion right with their styles yeah that's matt what do you what are you interested in in the future honestly i'm just interested to see like the world like built out further uh, more of the lore interested in the you exactly know. yeah like actually like understanding the lore bits because i know pieces of it but it's like i want to see the story like all fleshed out in my mind you know let me tell you i don't know if taylor's made this privy to other people i'm sure he has because taylor's just an awesome guy but when he came down here to the uh tennessee for the 5k siege series at guild vault games um he was talking to me and samuel graham another content creator about the Elysian rares and you know exactly what they are and like it blew my mind to where I was like I need you just to send me more um you know I, I need to know more about these this lore uh and that's one of my favorite things about this game because the lore is so in-depth with this game oh 100 percent and that's that's one thing I have to say is the fact that like the thing I'm most excited for is just is to keep going right um you know that's the number one thing for me right like yes this is this is my career and this is my passion all in one but ultimately it's a matter of this this storyline and these characters have been with me for so long that mm -hmm. they feel like they're a part of me and i just i want to share that with everyone I, yeah i think i think i have this this i know i have this rich rich world no nine realms right mm -hmm. Uh, full of characters, both, you know, primary characters and secondary characters, even tertiary characters that become a become a very important part of each storyline. Um, yeah. That there's so many moving pieces and that makes it the most challenging when it comes to the lore because ultimately it's a card game first, right? And Correct. I have to make sure that the cards function and they play properly, but each set is built to be lore driven. So 
some more than others, obviously. Um, when we started with Ravage Lands, uh, we kind of just dropped you right in the middle of the storyline. You know, the the war was already taking place, and to me, I've never been a I've never been great when it came to stories about starting at the beginning or building out an end. Oh, you want to you want to give us a little Star Wars action where you start at the uh, yeah you know at the end and then we 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 circle around back to the beginning. Yeah, I've I've always been a big fan. Of, I do too. I, I, I spend too. a lot of time uh, studying film. Like that's what my background is. So, uh, to me, the most important part of the storyline was was the meat and the potatoes, the middle part of the story, right? Um, because if you drop people right in the middle of the story, what makes it so involved is that there's not this origin story. There's no long <laughs> segments. There's no it's no there's no build up it's, it's darth vader right. bro it's yeah. darth vader like if you would have started Dar the star wars with his origins you wouldn't have cared but they started with this this mysterious character exactly and then and you like... and and you wanted to know more about him but they never went back into his background until later on and you're like exactly. okay this is awesome because it gave it more of a mysterious you know what's going on and and that's what i do like about how you did ravage lands just kind of boom yeah. right at the war that's very well cool. and that's the thing is it, it just like star wars did you know they established arguably the most iconic big bad character in in you know media history right everyone even if you're not a star wars fan know who darth vader is so the thing is is that that does they created an icon they created something but even even better they created a masked icon you didn't know who was behind the mask. Mm, right. You didn't know. You didn't know his motives. You didn't know why he was evil. You didn't know why he was doing what he was doing. And because there was so much of that mystique around him, he became this dominant presence. Mm -hmm. And that's where we felt we wanted to kind of translate a little bit into legions. Was was the was the war of ravaged lands the most important war? No. And will it be the most important war? No. But the thing is, is we drop you right in the middle of the fighting, right in the thick of it with the eight most important characters to begin with, because those characters were the basis of my storyline, mm -hmm. right? And when those eight characters are all dropped in the middle of this, you play as that warlord, and you're in a position where you don't know who's your ally and who's your enemy. You don't know who you can trust and who you can't, and you don't know which realm is safe to fight in or which realm is safe to, to find sanctuary. And that was the chaos that we wanted to ensue right off the beginning, because what happens is you get into that kind of in a storyline, you get into that fight or flight mode and you're like, OK, like Pat did, you latch onto a legion and you're like, you know, mm -hmm. he says, I'm Orc and I'm going to follow Sharn right to the bitter end. Right. And that creates this this really authentic attachment to start to characters. And that's why film franchises last so long, because you can. You can latch on to a character and you you empathize with that character, you understand their feelings, and as that character grows, you grow with it. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things we really wanted to do with Legions by dropping you right in Ravage Lands. But because of that, there's so much of the story beforehand that's not told, and there's so much still to be told. Right? Pat, so we Pat, had is 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 Pat, are you a fan of lore or could you just care less about I, lore? I, I enjoy the lore. Um like when, when I think lore, it's like I just want to see or hear more of like Sharn's brother as Azul, mm. <laughs> or 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 Sharn's mother Desamaya, who's the back of 
the cards. Right? So, well, like... Yeah, Desamaya is cool, man. Like, She's sick. I, yeah. And right? so, I, like, obviously, we all know what I'm waiting for in the future. I mean, I talk about it all the time in the Discord werewolves. and on my channel. I'm werewolves. obviously stoked about werewolves, <laughs> man. So I could care less about anything else right now except for werewolves. Dude, werewolves are coming soon, I, though. Yeah. Werewolves are coming soon. But, you know, Taylor's been sitting here, you know, you know, starting a what was it? December 8th, you had started dropping spoilers. And uh, we've seen some cool stuff so far. So I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know, because we, we got the Kickstarter starting in January, you know, so it's going to be it's going to be pretty awesome. It's going to be amazing. Next year's going to definitely start out with a bang. Oh, yeah, 100%. For sure. Well, we're—I mean—we're starting off next year with our biggest and best set yet, right? Yeah, new everything, man. New guardians, new warlords, new synergies. I mean, anything shaking up everything. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to—it's going to. It, it, you know, we we could sit here and talk about the meta, but there's really no point because we know it's going to change the game a hundred percent. You're not going to go into a tournament. Um, knowing probably what people are going to play you know specific cards because okay uh the demon deck's going to have you know set fire to the world you know this is going to shake up the game quite a bit i think well, exactly i think the biggest difference walking into a tournament is you sit down across from somebody and before the game starts you only have to really show off your warlord right so it's like you see a warlord and it's okay cool i'm playing against demons but it's not Okay, I'm playing against demons, which means I need to expect these three or four things out of this deck. It's yep. I'm playing demons, and okay, which demon warlord is it? And yep. is it a crossbreed between the new cards and old cards, or is it just new warlord, old warlord? Like, there's so many things you have to consider. Synergy, what synergies right? now are they going to use? Uh, yeah, what guardian are they using? Like, there's yeah, there's yeah. so many different things that play oh, into it now, Exactly, right? right? It yeah. could be like, you could build an entire, I don't know, Seraphim deck with Castiel. So it's, well, it's so, so Legion's Realms at War, like, we were just discussing Star Wars, how it reminds, you know, the lore, how you started at a certain place. It reminds you of Star Wars, but Legion's Realms at War reminds me of Star Wars so much in so many different ways because Star Wars was one of those movies that nobody wanted to touch when it first came out. Everybody was kind of like, eh, you know, we don't want to we don't want to produce this movie. We don't you know what don't want anything to do with it. Like the actors are paid really nothing at the time. And, you know, Legion's has had that slow growth. But when it when it boomed, it boomed. And I think that with Empires on the Rise, that's it's gonna what's boom. going to set Legion's right off um to make it that game that everybody says yes i gotta play that i need that game oh 100 well, and i think i think that's the that that's another big thing is the fact that like you know there's always a misconception that with uh with kickstarter especially in the past two years after the after the the covid spike with kickstarter um you know flush of blood came along and didn't use kickstarter but they proved one thing to the world and i think that's an, a really good point is the fact that they proved to the world that an, another alternative game can exist outside of the big three and they blazed a trail and they, they, they smashed the doors wide open for a lot of us. Flesh you know? and blood was smart in so many ways because they picked up what magic, the gathering decided to drop, which was tournament. Exactly. Play. And exactly. that, that made them, you know, during it, you know, especially during COVID um, 
you know, when nobody could actually sit down and play games at stores where half the stuff wasn't open and your game was successful, that speaks volumes. And, um, you know, I hear, I hear the people, you know, we, it, it, everybody has haters. I have them. Um, I just got, you know, ostracized and, you know, um, called out on my discord privately by somebody. Uh, we all have those haters where they're like, Oh, you know, I thought, I thought they were naturally growing. Yeah. Legions is naturally growing, but there's also, you have to use every tool to your advantage. Um, and, and Kickstarter right now is just a great way. You know, it's not free marketing because, you know, you are going to get um, feed for it, but what, what Kickstarter can do for games by getting the eyes on it and the name out there is, is, is what Legions needs at this time. And it's not because the game is not interesting or fun. It's because you guys are in Canada and it's hard with a small staff to be able exactly. to expand over to the U.S. So what better way to do that than, you know, launch on Kickstarter and say, hey, check this out. Check us out. Yeah, because you saw, you know, um, I won't say anything. Uh, I don't say anything negative about other games, but there is another game had its, its big uh, championship tournament. It had 34 people in it. Um, and Legions came to the United States for the first time ever um right right after it turned a year old mm -hmm. um and we had half that in our lgs already we had 16 players so well and at, at nerds cafe our, our flagship store for our for our first 5k um that we did just last month before going attending guild vault in tennessee we had 22 players at at, at nerds Mm -hmm. And then to finish off the month, when we got back from Tennessee, we had 18 players at Atlas, right? Yeah. And now those numbers might not seem very high, but at the same time, when we launched a year ago, one, nobody had heard about us. Two, we nope. were still in the middle of partial lockdown. <clears throat> Three, we were a game out of Canada. So that was never really a thing. And we, we came out and our very first tournament had 37 people in attendance. Yeah, exactly. Right? Our follow-up tournament for our launch for Ravage Lands had 36 in attendance, right? And we host we host monthly Battle for Glory tournaments at Nerds, and we get anywhere from 13 to 17 players once a month at those bigger events. Meanwhile, our weekly events at Nerds and Atlas are seeing anywhere from 8 to 16 players regularly. Mm -hmm. I, I just think so it speaks see, volumes, you know? We see that growth, and... Yes, it's small, and yes, it's growing, and and you know it's it's growing naturally. And like you to comment on what you're saying there, Andrew, I think a big thing is the fact that people often look at Kickstarter as a as a black eye, or they they look at Kickstarter as something that is that could be uh, detrimental. Um, it could give you false numbers because if it gets super hyped, then maybe most of them are collectors, investors, or flippers, and they're not really people that are interested in the game. Yeah. And regardless of that's what we get or we don't, yeah. like you said, it's a tool. And we want to make sure we use all the tools available in our toolbox, especially being outside of the United States, yeah. that we want, to, we, want to, we want to reach as many eyes as possible, even if that reaches the people who are typically just collectors, investors, or flippers, because it's not going to affect our print runs. We're still a small company. We still have moderately small print runs. Mm -hmm. So the way we look at it is whether we whether we make our funding goal or whether we make five times our funding goal 
it's not going to affect our print run because our print run is going to be printed to what was needed and that is it right we're not going to see oh this was super successful on kickstarter print triple the amount of boxes no we're not going to do that because it's not a that's not a, a real number mm-hmm. that, that doesn't show a real number well, of players well also what we discussed pat i i know you, you weren't able to make it down to guild vault for the tournament um but taylor uh paul and uh aj and rye guy and um josh 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 thank you um it was coming out uh uh, they came down, and what I was telling Taylor, Pat, is we've only had 16 people in tournament, but here's the problem with where we live. Um, as you guys know, I'm a military veteran. I live in a military town. Um, we have one of the biggest posts in the United States here at Fort Campbell. The problem with um, players is they rotate in and out so much because of deployments, because of um, JRTC, because of uh, classes, whatever they have going on. Um, At that 16-player tournament, there was at least six to seven people that are normally there that I did not see because they were gone due to those things. Um, I also had about six other players that were supposed to be there, but I, unfortunately, I took the hit on this. I, I, I took the blame for this. Um, I did not meet up with them when I was supposed to, to drop off some product for them to get familiarized so they could come to the tournament. It just, I had so much stuff going on because I was trying everything to promote um, the tournament. Um, it, you know, I know that it sounds silly that it, it gets exhausting hitting up Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube and, and all these social media sites all day long. It, it literally does mm. mentally drain you to where you just get so exhausted. Oh yeah. Because I'm, well, it does, I'm right? working on top of it. I'm raising four kids. I'm a husband. Uh, so I've got all these things going on in my personal life, you know, and, and, and nobody asked me to do these things. I, I do these things for these games because I love them and, and I'm passionate about them and, and they bring me joy. So why not pay it back? Well, and the fact As that I you're doing said. this on top of a full-time job says a lot, right? And it's definitely got to be tiring then. Like, like the company I work for, like we have three people whose full-time jobs for my company is just dealing with social media. Yeah. yeah right. Like, like, like for, for one company is three people's full-time jobs. Yeah, it, it definitely gets exhausting because you guys see my posts. I'm pushing that stuff out. I'm creating slideshows. I'm doing everything I can to promote the game. And I just got so tired that our schedules didn't meet up. They're like, well, I can meet at this time. I'm like, man, that's that's like my uh, – I'm old, man. I'm going to bed at that time, you know. Uh, so I could have had a, probably at six more players. But I can guarantee you, and you can quote me on this right now, and if I'm wrong, um, on one of my streams, I'll, I'll let you guys – choose for me to do something embarrassing. I can guarantee at the next tournament at Guild Vault game that we have, I bet I could put 30 people in that tournament easily. Because I already have some things cooking. I have some I have some people that I can get to help me with this that I just... And that was the other bad thing, that that tournament was held Thanksgiving week, which people are out of town. Um, they're already taking leave. They're already going on vacation. Um, Radio contacts, um, news contacts, people that I know are gone for the holidays. So I, I have tools that I can use. They just weren't available at the time. It was, but that says volumes too that you pick the time here in the US during our Thanksgiving week when it's chaotic and we're busy 
and we still had 16 people show up to this tournament. That's that still speak volumes, man. That's still amazing because that's that's a busy time for us here in in a, a military town. Well, yeah, and that's something like you know we we try and be cognizant of. Yes, we're we're Canadian, right? And so we have a different like we have our Thanksgiving in October, so um, it doesn't it we have to be cognizant of when we go down to the United States that they have different holidays and different schedules than us. And we were working with uh, we were working with Gil Vault as closely as we could. Uh, Joe, shout out to him. He's a phenomenal guy. Uh, his team there at Gilvault has, re- has been really positive with us. Um, and we working back and forth with him trying to figure out a schedule that works best for us and with, with him. And the hard part was is that he had a, he has, you know, we're working around schedules with the game store that have other releases. So when you have magic pre-releases and you have Pokemon releases, right, their budget gets tight. Uh, their time gets tight when they're trying to plan tournaments and stuff like that. So then you, you, add, you add the holiday on top of that. So we picked the best weekend we could uh, within our schedule, within theirs, when we could get down there, when we could support it, when he can host it. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, it was the weekend before Thanksgiving, but that was the the best time we could do it without pushing it into the holiday season of December. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, all right. So, so Pat, I have a question for you, buddy. Yeah. What is your favorite set so far? I mean, we've had what three? We've had favorite, Ravage favorite Land. set, uh, yeah. Ravage Lands. Why is that? Yeah, why? Why? Um, well, um, Taylor might laugh, but uh, Viseria, yeah, number one. Yep. <laughs> I mean, um, she's the box art after all. So, uh, yep, yeah, as most people know, um, Viseria is sort of my thing, she's my babe for orcs. Um, and then just Ravage Lands, like the, a lot of the cards in Ravage Lands um, were big cards for orcs. Um, but then like second shout out to Frontiers because Frontiers pushed orcs higher than they already were. Um, definitely gave a lot of pieces that significantly helped the deck. Yeah. Um, right. I, I will be. I'll be honest, dude. Frontiers is an amazing set. Uh, I loved it. Uh, but I have to agree with you, Ravage Lands, hands down, uh, because you have to look at it this way. Without Ravage Lands, we wouldn't have Guardians, and we wouldn't have these, you know, uh, special synergies that we could use. Um, so the gameplay, you know, without the Guardians, you know, you kind of need the AP and stuff. Uh, so I, I agree. I think Ravage Lands is um, probably my favorite set as well. And now that it's out of print, uh, it's... You know, if you got Ravage Land stuff, you're pretty lucky because it's out of print now. They're not they're not reprinting it. So I think like yep. something about Ravage Lands is it gave us like the the key pieces or not like key pieces, but yeah. the um like the notable pieces, right? Like the Void Hollow, the Twilight Gardens, the End of well, Days. It, yeah, it it gave the pieces that people will always remember now as those are those sort of staple cards, if you will, right? Of Void Hollow and Twilight, right? It's th- those are cards people are always looking for, if they don't have them or they they expect to see them in the competitive scene, right? Because those are just those staple cards as they've become from how good of a card they are. So it's funny. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to uh, <laughs> when I first started playing. So I had bought a uh, box of uh, Ravage Lands after uh, Future Lore Studios had sent me a box. After I um, told them pretty much I didn't like the game, they sent me a box and I opened it and I actually pulled a guardian, a hero guardian, 
and I didn't realize what it was at the time because uh, I had no idea what I was looking for because you know coming from magic and some other TCGs like it's hard trying to figure out what the, the these you know new key ingredient cards are um, so I wasn't really sure what it was and I sat around for like two weeks and I had that guardian in like my inventory and had no idea and then I I, well, I just stumbled upon it one day. Me and my son were playing. He's like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a guardian? And I was like, what are you talking about? So then he's like, well, don't you read? And I was like, obviously, you know, I don't. Um, and he, because he, he was reading like all the stuff. And we started talking about guardians. I was like, oh, okay. So we started flipping through cards. And I found that hero guardian. I was like, oh, well, let me, uh, let me throw this bad boy in there. And it definitely does help change the game a little bit for sure. Um, when you can use the AP and stuff and you have like those consume cost cards. So um, I have to agree. Ravage Lands is probably my favorite set as well. I mean, I, you still get well, like 30 AP, even if you don't have a guardian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's still yeah, cool it, to have it, the, I mean, it just looks cooler to have the guardian right there, man. Right. Well, they, they, they look great. Number one, but number two, they also have those after mulligan effects, which depending on the guardian can definitely change things up. Yeah. Right. And oh, then they have their own consume abilities on top of that, right? Yeah. So well, do you uh, have a do you have a least favorite set then, Pat? Me, myself? Yeah. Um personally, which I know I've spoken with Taylor about this before. Uh, you're gonna my, say the same thing I am. Go Bountiful ahead. Harvest. <laughs> Thank you. Me I don't too. get why though. I like Bountiful. So Bountiful as a set of all bounty, <laughs> I get I get its aspect. I get yeah. why it was put in there. But me, as as Taylor would call it, as a bit more of a purist, um, I don't play a lot of bounty cards. Me neither. Right? I, I, I like my deck. It's My deck is, I'm playing orcs. My cards are green. I'm playing orcs. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. Um, I get that Corsair of Despair, as we're aware, is going to be coming, which is going to shake things up as well. Um, right? From what we've seen of that so far. But ultimately, like, Bountiful Harvest was one of those sets where it's really the couple best things that came out of it is Serena Sada, yep. Viviana, so the two Guardians, right? And then you had some Bounty Realm Warriors, which, you know what, aren't too bad for Splashable in some decks. Um, mm -hmm. But then you had the two cards that see play in every deck now of Mist and Welcome. Welcome, yeah, welcome, yeah, welcome. All right, right. so, like, so like it has, so it has those staple cards that came in it that see a lot of play in some decks. Yeah. It but also had necessary five necessary reprints from the starter deck. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yes, it did also have, yes, those dismantle, deflect, right? It did have some of those reprints and stuff for the bounty cards from the starter decks, which makes sense. But I, I it wasn't really a set release that just sort of fit with a theme sort of feel, right? It was just, here's bounty cards. You can use them however you want in any of your decks. <coughs> I'll be honest. Uh -huh. um, I, I've bought a lot of, me and Caleb and Opal, we've bought a lot of Ravage Lands and Frontiers. Like, I even bought a box when Taylor and uh -huh. everybody was down for the tournament, and I didn't need it. I just mm. bought it because I was, like, trying to feed my Legion's Realms of War addiction. Well, so when you Frontiers were released, I started with a case. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and, and Andrew, I bought more Andrew's boxes got, since then. Andrew has uh, four kids to put through college, so he ain't got that kind of cash flowing around. But um, I'll be really honest, Bountiful Harvest, I think I only bought three of those 
um i just i was feeling the same way i don't play a lot of bounty realm cards so it just didn't it wasn't anything that i personally needed for my decks well and so not not this might make you feel a little bit better there, uh, Andrew, but I personally have not gotten any Bountiful Harvest. Oh. As unfortunate as to say, because I do really try to support Legions as much as I can, but this was that whole conversation me and Taylor had of Bountiful Harvest for me as a set was just not something that I felt I needed in order to play the deck I want to play, right? Right. Which is why as a set I wasn't really a fan of it. And so, like, personally, myself, I just didn't see viably for myself to spend money on that set when there was nothing in it specifically I was looking for. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I, I, I can respect it. I, it's kind of like, I mean, there's always going to be with every game a set that you're not a fan of. I mean, I know Magic the Gathering last year had a lot of sets that I could care less about, um, personally. Um, yeah, and well, and that's bound to happen, right? And that, and that's where, it, like, personally for me, it's like I didn't really buy any, but I know a lot of people that did buy quite a bit of it because they wanted those bounty cards because of, like, Rye Guy, as we all know up here, Ryan, he's the bounty guy. He likes trying to splash as much bounty into every Legion possible. Yeah, and right? that's where, as I say, bounty is his absolute favorite set, Bountiful <laughs> Harvest, right? That's the set oh, he's yeah, open. He, he loves that. But that's the thing is that Ryan actually said something to me uh back a, uh, a couple weeks back and i never really thought about it this way and it's it's, it's really cool to hear but he yeah i met him at nerds and uh, uh we were going over some stuff uh and he he walks up to the counter and he's like you know what i'm gonna buy, i'm gonna buy a ravage lance box right and i was like ryan you've opened like the most ravage lands at anyone so i thought uh nick's a different story um but <laughs> yeah nick <laughs> he's on a whole <laughs> but, new level man but Ryan's bought so much Bountiful Harvest or so much uh, Ravage Lands, and and uh, he's at he. I said to him like, "What what are you missing? Like you have everything. You have the master set." And he's like, "You know what, man? To me, this set is nostalgic." Yeah, yeah. And and you know that that's crazy. <laughs> it's the first because set. it's only yeah. been out for a year, right? It's only been out for a year, and now that it's out of print, to him that's nostalgia, and that's so cool because I wouldn't think that after a year that nostalgia would already start to form you know no no he he's absolutely right and i'll tell you i I can understand that because when i go into guild vault um or there was another store here that i don't frequent anymore but um they sell legions as well when i used to go into these stores or when i or i still do go in one of these stores um and i see like a pack of ravaged land sitting there it's like it takes everything in me not to just buy it. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm like, ah, it's only like you know five bucks, whatever. It's just a, it it's just a feed and addiction because I'm like I love that set so much. Like I see Frontiers, I'm like, okay, I've opened all the Frontiers. Um, me, Caleb, and Opal have. We've bought a few boxes, but me and Caleb and Opal, we've bought way more Ravage Lands, and we just like that set more. Like Pat said, it's it's our favorite set. And when I go into this Guild Vault and I see that packs. And I, I might go there to buy like sleeves or you know deck boxes for my cards. Mm-hmm. It like takes everything in me. And just be like, okay, you don't need you don't need a booster box. You don't need a pack. You have everything you need. You're good. But it is so hard to walk away because it does have that. It's like it's that first set. Um, and for me, it's nostalgic too because it's as a content creator that started um, this doing this this year with my two best friends, Opal and Caleb. Um, 
we never like we talked about it we we discussed it several times we never anticipated that we would grow our channel the way we have in such a short time we never thought that we would have companies interested in us that like us so much that they send us some stuff to check out and ravaged lands was just that first box that a company like future lore studio because you guys didn't know me from adam at the time i didn't know who you guys were uh, but you guys sent me this box and it was it was only because i said i didn't like the game and you're like okay you don't like the game well i'm going to prove you wrong i'm going to send you this booster set box and it, it changed everything it wasn't because i got the free product at the time it was just because i was like okay this guy wants to change my mind. He's that confident in this game uh, that he thinks he, he can change my mind because you guys know me. I'm very stubborn. I'm very hardheaded. I'm very opinionated. Um, and I don't usually let people sway my opinions on things, but you did. When I busted that, that box open and I started seeing more of what Ravage Lands had to offer, what more of this game had to offer, how you could change your decks and build them several different ways. Cause you don't know, buying that 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 uh the battle, battle pack, pack yeah. decks uh you don't know that you can build it different ways because you're just getting the two decks right but when you start busting open these ravaged lands and these other sets that's when you're like okay and that's that's what was nostalgic for me with rapid plans because that was the first product that a company that didn't know me or i didn't know in my content creating uh start sent me something and i was just like this is so awesome you know what i mean and and we just formed a friendship and um I still, you know, I, I can't say that Legion's Realms at War is perfect. There's no such thing as perfect in life and games, anything. There's always room for um, progression, and that's fine. That's, that's you know, we, we live and learn. That's why I tell my kids, you never fail if you've learned. If you, if you fail and you don't try and you just give up, yeah, that's failure. But if you fail and you try to do something about it, that's just learning. You're not really failing. Um, well, that's the and, thing is... Ravage Lands is the set that started it all, right? It's the set yeah. that started our game. It's the set that started our friendship. It's the set that that you know that helped you form the YouTube channel that you wanted, right? It's the set that started it all, right? Yeah. And that's the nostalgia, and that's always going to be there. And that's the thing, like, uh, like you said, learning from your mistakes, right? As a company, we learned that you know the booster wraps we didn't like that well in Ravage Lands, so we moved forward and we we upgraded the packaging for Bountiful Harvest, and that was a big flyer we took a chance on it it was a different style box the different style glue pattern it was a different style having print on the inside of the box uh booster wraps were a different material but that was a it, it was all it was a big step forward for us in changing the way we did things being such a new company right mm -hmm. and then frontiers everyone loved the everyone loved the 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 packaging on bountiful so we try to do the similar thing with frontiers everyone liked the the box hoppers and bountiful so we did the same thing with frontiers and we wanted to move it forward and i think that when we go back to the nostalgia of ravage lands um, at this point that's where we feel empires is going to be that as well exactly um, because it's i think because set we size. have the we exactly we have the big set size but empires well i'm proud to say that um empires is to me the set that launches the game and exactly. what i mean 
Yeah, because nope. we rebuilt the entire game in a single booster box. You and know? Pat, Pat probably has to know that too, since he played this game and it's literally it's an infancy stage. Like what he said, mm-hmm. he's playing on the back of Yu-Gi-Oh cards with paper. So yeah, he probably knows better than anybody uh, how much Empires is going to change this game in so many different directions. Well, so like Empires from my understanding is going to change a lot, but like, I don't know a lot of what's coming in empires. I I know just as much as everybody else for the most part. Oh, right. So, so right. So empires as a set's going to, it's, this is worse. Like spoiler season. Like it's, it's exciting. Right. Because like, I don't know what to expect, but I agree. Like empires is going to be another set like ravage lands where it's going to have that nostalgic feeling for people because it, it's drastically going to change the game, right? There hasn't there hasn't been a boring set release. Even Bountiful Harvest, even though it wasn't my thing and it wasn't your thing, Pat, I was still excited for it because it was showing the growth of the game. Oh, 100%. Um, which, right? which I love seeing. Uh, but well, when, you, like, when you see different things out of them, man, right? Now that I look back at Frontiers, and, and I remember when it was first announced, I that was the longest three months of my life yes. and i look back now and i'm like oh yeah i'm like i'm like okay i have everything now but that initial wait for that set release man dude I, it was like every day it, i even had a countdown clock on my discord to remind me okay it's this day but it was also the worst thing to do because i look at it every day and every like, day and it's so like, depressed. we're not there yet <laughs> yeah i'd get so depressed and be like well today's well, not today well and that's and that's every set for legions right and this and like i agree like bountiful you know what wasn't a huge set for us but like it's still exciting to see it come out see what other people are doing with it how is it changing the game right what do we have to do differently to combat against it kind of thing right and that's where right. it's like every set's going to change the game, right? So even even for those people who aren't maybe as interested in that set, like, it's still changing the game and still gets that excitement and that adrenaline going for people of, like, all right, here we go, new set, new cards, what can we do? Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. Feel, exactly. That, I feel that Bound- I feel what Bountiful Harvest did for the game was exactly what I intended it to do, and I'm very happy about that, is the fact that it it was never designed to be a big set, and it was always designed to be an injection into the game that the game needed as, for a lack of better words, it um, quality staple pieces that I had to lay a foundation for to build future sets off of. And um, I knew there was important characters like Ren Renegade and Kakabel and Serena Sada yeah. and Viviana. Kakabel like those, cool. those four characters are so integral to the story and Bountiful Harvest, like I said with Ravage Lands, we dropped you in the middle of the storyline. Bountiful Harvest was the first foray out of the war and into something peaceful. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I refresh my memory because I'm not the set size for Bountiful Harvest was 90 84 cards. Was it 84 cards? Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was 90 something, <clears throat> but okay. So we it was the first step out of the Shroud of War and into what could be a better world for everyone. And you enter into the town of Alberton, and this set was designed to world build in a very small way, was to show you a glimmer of this hub, this community, this town, this realm that is the pivotal point for all the surrounding realms, the place where the resources are rich, the magic is powerful, 
the characters mean so much and can influence and obstruct any mm-hmm. of the other surrounding eight legions. It mm-hmm. was a necessary world building set. And at the same time, we brought in necessary key characters and key cards into the game that we could lay the foundations to build forward with. Nice. All right, Pat. So I, I do have a two part question for you. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you like most about legions and what do you dislike about legions realms of war? Um, so uh, that's a tricky one. Um, mm-hmm. because there's, there's so many things to like, um, well, the thing he dislikes is me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, what do I like most about Legions? Um, well, so, like, as a card game, like, I, I love the way that Legions plays. Like, even between all the different Legions, like, yes, I'm green-blooded, as Taylor likes to say, um, with my orcs. Um, but I, I do play some of the other Legions on a much more lower lower not nearly as frequent um mm-hmm. i do have other decks i don't only play only have orcs um right but like play style gameplay i i love it it's different right and that's and that's one of the great things about legions um dislikes well sorry and the other piece of the like is just the community that we've built right like, like the community like on the discord and everything like it's just everybody's friendly and just the community overall is awesome agreed man i i have to caveat off that and say that um when it comes to legions realms at war it's not even the card game that i love the most it's the community and the friendships i've made in such a short time i've never i i'm one of those old timers that didn't grow up with internet um so we didn't have social media we actually had to go out and make friends like uh you know in person ride bikes and stuff like that um everybody can do it through social media now and through i, I never thought that i'd get to that part in my life where that's how i'd make friendships and 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 meet what i consider family now and that's uh one of the things that i love the most about legions realms at war it is hands down you know you hear it in all these other games that they have the best community um i'm in a lot of different discords for these games um i will tell you right now uh legions realms at war has the best community 100 um, it's so open uh, they are class it, it, they're full of class um we don't sit around and you know sorry for the language we don't sit around and shit talk other people we don't shit talk other games uh legions realms at war is just full of class and that's one of the things and the community is too um even if somebody tries to like you know pull those coattails and, and try to get a rise out of you. Um, we just go about our day. And that's something Legions has taught me as well, uh, is to kind of dial back my temper because I am one of those abrasive people that pop off really fast. And I'm like, okay, I don't, so I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't have anything to do with future lore studios or this game, nothing more than just a fan of it. Um, but I still watch myself say, t- telling myself, Hey, y- you know, you're part of this community, so you can't go off the handle. You got to be respectful because that's what future lore studios and the Legion Realms at War community would want you to do. So, hands down, I agree with you. The community is my absolute favorite part of this game. I, I love everybody in that Discord. I love everybody that's in my Discord, and and me and Taylor, and Ryan, and as Matt, and all you other people. You're basically a family at this part point in my life, which is crazy to me. So, uh, yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, yeah, no, definitely lots and lots of new friendships and made through the community. Um, dislikes. Um, that's a tricky one. Um, Taylor might be all right. Part of the dislike might be Taylor. But <laughs> that doesn't come from the game. That I, just comes I from met years Taylor, of friendship. I met Taylor for the first time uh, at the beginning of the month, and I uh, uh, I would tell you, or the end of last month, and um, I'll tell you that's not true. That is the most likable guy I've ever oh, met. Yeah. My wife said Taylor's after great. after after she met him, uh, we went home, and she was just so surprised how nice everybody was. But she said something that didn't hit, didn't trigger until she said it. She's like, he reminds me so much of our son, Sammy. Um, just so smart with the way they speak and things like that. Um, uh, just, it's it, it, just the nicest guy ever. And she was right. I was like, man, it did remind me of our, old, uh, our oldest son, Sammy. Uh, just, you know, super cool dude. So I know that's not true. That can't be your dislike. That, that, that could just be a Canadian versus U.S. thing. Not to poke that bear. <laughs> um, dislike. Um, you feel whatever gets through. Fan list, watch list. You know that 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 could be part of my part of my dislike at the moment. Um, we have nothing banned as of right no, now. There is sorry. nothing banned. Watch list slash suspended list. Not the ban list. Um, just for the fact that, you know, the amount of orc cards that have ended up there. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 the ban list, uh, it's one of my dislikes, too. Uh, I, I think it's, for me personally, um, it's just a little too early for that stuff for me. Uh, I, I'd like to see, like, Empires and maybe another set come out, and then we start hitting that stuff up. Like... The veils, I, I could care less about those being restricted. I, I, I get, well, and this is where, like, it's a dislike, but I sort of get where he's coming with with it mm. as well. No, because, like, if, it, like, 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 I hate seeing the orc cards on it, but, like, if we look at the orc cards that currently have been restricted, like, Hits of the Outer Rim, Salvaged Pieces, like, if those cards were still at three, orcs would be very ridiculous. Orcs are already ridiculous. They man. are, Although, yeah, but they would no, be like. But, but even worse. Lately. But, e but even worse, though, right? Like, Pits of the Outer Rim. Just think if I could play three copies of it in my deck versus yeah. the one copy I can't. Blow up four cards, mill six. Mill, mill six cards, blow up four on the field. Well, I, I think it's just disgusting. Like, I, I think it's a, it's a conception across multiple TCGs. Um, you know, you're, when you design a game, uh, you have one of two options, right? You can go with the set rotation that things like Pokemon Magic and Force Will have done over the years, um, or you can go the eternal format route of like you know Yu-Gi-Oh and Flesh and Blood are doing, right? And to me, I I've always hated set rotation because what ends up happening with that is you either kill off player bases too early, you um, you incentivize the whole concept of the cash grab. Right, I feel as though a lot of the the games that rotate, it's like, hey, buy this product, and then in four months you can't play it anymore. Buy the new product, right? To me, mm -hmm. that's that seems very scam like. Um, and where I'd rather like, if you bought a product in the very beginning, like you did with Ravage Lands, you know, ten years down the road, you can still play cards from Ravage Lands. Like mm -hmm. to me, that that speaks volumes. And so when you have an internal format game like we have, 
your only then other opportunity for making sure you keep an inevitable balance throughout your game is to have things like the restricted cards. Sorry, or the limited cards. I, I And, you know, as much as we don't want to do things like that, but ultimately we're a small game. We're a small company. Our testing team is very small. We work our butts off. And, you know, like, um, like Ravage Lands, not a lot of people know, like, I've been, I built Ravage Lands eight years ago, right? So, I mean, and I tested it over seven and a half years, just me and my best friend, right? So, like, it was two of us to test 260 cards with the addition of, a lot of people think that our starter deck cards are, are same as Ravage Lands cards, are not, right? So, like, when we launched, we were just over 400 cards on launch, right? So those 400 cards in all of their variations and all of their play styles for each deck had to be tested thoroughly. And it was only two of us doing it. That's why it took so long, right? So when we look at cards going forward, our testing team increased when it came to, when it came to uh, Frontiers. You know, we added Ryan to the testing team. We added Nancy to the testing team. So our testing team is, it was at four for Frontiers. So, mm-hmm. and it be the, being a smaller set, it made it a little more easier, right? And now, so moving into empires, we you know we added um, we added another another tester in in Jared. Jared came in to help us test empires. So we were up to uh, we were up to five people testing empires on the rise. And uh, you know we just recently added uh, added Pat here into the testing team and uh, AJ and Josh since they're some of our premier players. Oh, we congratulations, though, guys! Awesome. Yeah, we felt as though that they were. Um, they were some of the some very key uh, additions going forward. Um, mm-hmm. So they, like Pat said, he doesn't know anything about empires because he didn't test it with us. Um, but when it comes to Macabre, Masquerade of the Macabre will be the first set that Pat gets his hands on early to test. And along with AJ and Josh and, you know, some of our premier players like that, we felt as though that they were some of the best benchmarks because if they're going to find the play lines and the combo lines that are broken in tournament play, those are the guys <laughs> that are going to find it before it gets printed. Well, don't uh, don't try to dig too much into the werewolves. Just let them. Be. <laughs> <laughs> well, if well, you find them overpowered, just let it be. Okay. Well, it's talking not, about it, this is like me as the orc player. Like, I, I I know that there's been some comments of like, do we really want Pat to test orcs? Because like, is Pat just gonna leave all the broken things in orcs? <laughs> he just well, kind of like shuffles them to the size. Like, now nah, this is fine. This works. Well, this is the thing is that, you know, we're, we're not just bringing in people who are premier players in our game. Like, you know, I've known Pat for almost 10 years. I've known AJ for the same amount of time. You know, Josh is relatively new. I've only met him in the past year and a half through the game. Uh, same with Ryan, right? A lot of people think Ryan and I have been knowing each other for a long time, and it's only been about a year and a half, you know? So um, the big thing with those guys is that I like to refer to them as my aces. You know, in every deck of cards, there's four aces. And... To me, like, um, you know, Malik is always going to be there as my main art lead of R&D and my main tester. But, you know, Pat, AJ, Josh, and Ryan are my four aces. And I look at that because they each specialize in one to two decks. And so as a result, they can play those decks. They can hammer them out at a high level, Mm -hmm. find out all of the combo and play lines, and I can watch them pilot it and let them use their tournament brains to build the most competitive version of it. And then when, they, when they've when they tweaked it to the perfect point that could be broken or not, then I get them to swap decks 
and they play with a deck they're not comfortable with to see if the other person can break the finely tuned deck. And that's the thing is when we just, when I design and build cards, I build it from the top down. I build it with the highest power cards and move their way down. And like, so Pat's going to get to experience that when we get to, when we get to uh, Masquerade of the Macabre, but uh, Empires on the Rise is coming first, man. And uh, eight new Warlords, eight new Vale Realms, eight new Synergies, eight new Guardians. It's literally the new game in a box. It's going to be and pretty mental, man. It'll be amazing. Can't wait. So uh, Matt, uh, you got any questions for Pat here before we uh, um, wrap up this podcast? What's your favorite card? Favorite card by Syria. You know, one of my favorite cards <laughs> is actually a orc card. And I don't play the orcs often. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just I, started I, playing I can them. guess it. I can guess, I can it. guess it, too. I can guess we it bleed too. for this. It is absolutely <laughs> the best card. It's such a beautiful the card. The art on that is amazing. Right? I, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I, I hate to... I, I, I go off subject. It's my thing I do. The mm-hmm. art on this game is absolutely crazy. I, I don't think there is a better game with art right now in my opinion that's my like i say all the time opinions are like assholes everybody's got one but in my opinion the art on legions realms at war is absolutely crazy like what what we've seen through the empires arise spoilers so more that so uh, uh taylor's dropped already absolutely crazy man uh they are bringing the heat with this uh Empires on the Rise expansion coming out, man. It's crazy how great well, the art looks. Well, and so I gotta I gotta ask now, Andrew. So you you know who the two people are on We Bleed for This, right? Uh, I wish I had it in front of me, but I don't. Uh, my brains doesn't work that way. Who who is it? Well, so number one's Viseria. I got it and sitting here. Number two's yes. Sharn, right? With Sharn. With Sharn. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't I'm I not think... good with names. Unfortunately, it's not my thing. I can't ever I think the names. important part of the card we bleed for this, and I, I know I harp on this and go back to it quite a bit, but it's, I think it's the important part, is the flavor text on that card. Flavor right. text has always been pretty rad on, on all the cards because it, it always just kind of well, dials into that lore more. And makes well, it, it goes right into that lore, right? And it's like you got the all the characters talking to you through the flavor text of the cards and like telling you of things to come. I don't know if it's for you, Pat or Matt or even Taylor. It drives me crazy when I'm in like other discords or I hear other people say they, they could give a shit less about flavor text. It just irritates me so bad. Oh, yeah. like, dude, flavor text is one of my favorite things on cards. Like it's just it's. To me, it just doesn't feel the same without some kind of flavor text. Even if it's nothing like crazy, I just need it on that card. And Legion's Realms at War never disappoints with art or with flavor text. So kudos and, to you guys, man. Like flavor is the flavor text is the conduit for our game, really, right? Like like I mm-hmm. said, this story, this char- these characters, this storyline has been with me for a decade. And you know, it started out as a screenplay. You've heard me say that before. And you know. Um, I've never been that great at dialogue when writing screenplays, but when I, c- I could describe a story to you, um, have you close your eyes, I could describe a story and it, it makes you feel like you're in that story. And to me, with Legions, that's what it was to me is the fact that, you know, I'm one guy and up into this, still up to this point in all of Empires, right? Like when Empires on the Rise releases at a 300 card set, we're going to be pushing past a thousand cards in the game wow. and all a thousand of those cards 
I built myself from the ground up. I had my guys test test the game and and tell me what's broken and what needs to be fixed or what needs to be turned up a little bit. But ultimately, the card mechanics, the card names, the characters, the storyline, the lore, everything was built by me. So that's a thousand cards that I've done with no design help. Mm-hmm. And so on top of that, while trying to tell the story, so to me, the flavor text became that such that important crutch in the storyline because, you know, because I'm designing cards and designing sets and building hand-done algorithms for sets, I can't stress that enough how important that is to build these hand-done algorithms so you make sure you get great pulls out of packs. Mm-hmm. I do all of that myself. So when it comes to the storyline, I don't get a chance to publish lore articles near as much as the way I want to, but just right. because my time is so stretched thin, mm-hmm. right? So to Juan, me, so the- I was going to ask you there as well before we finished if there's any timeline on us getting some actual new lore up. Well, and that's the thing. So to me, my the flavor text has been my conduit to get the lore to you guys since I have to produce the cards anyways. And ultimately, I want to get more lore up the hard part about it is, is my story is so diverse and so in-depth with so many characters that these small characters that you very rarely hear about play such an important st- role in the storyline that I have to flesh out their storylines. And as a result, it, it compounds and makes this story huge. Dude, the, the, lore, the lore for this game is so great that um, I will say that whenever I, we were doing spoiler season for Frontiers and I did that little... Um, that little video where I, I wrote for the heroes, I had to stop and record that a few times because I was getting so choked up because I felt like I was part of the heroes. And, and of, of course, like I've discussed being a veteran, I just, that's why I went with the heroes because I just, that's who I, you know, just felt more in tune with as a deck. And when I was, when I was reading the lore for them and then I decided to do that little video like I just felt like a part of that legion. Like it was because I was reading so much of the lore and getting so into it. it. Play so said, ideally, with going off what you said there, like I would love to continue to to flesh out this lore for everyone, and it's it's challenging, right? Because everyone, y'all want cards, y'all want sets, y'all want spoilers, but y'all want lore as well, right? <laughs> oh and yeah, so- I mean. It's it's like we always say it's a what 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 thing, but you know I'm not what? on the other end of how things are. So I, it's like we've had few people in the Discord community be like, well, you know, I want tournament play. I'm like, hey man, you got to start somewhere, dude. Like you got to calm it down. Like I know that you want it, but what are you doing to get it? Like we all had to put in something to get tournament play going. We've all had to put in things like Pat. You 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 know better than anybody, man. You've You've been playing this game since the infancy stage. You know that better than anybody what that without you maybe playing back then in that infancy stage that maybe the game wouldn't be where it is. Everybody has to contribute some part when it comes to building this game. Like like Taylor says, it's just a busy dude, man, is with a small staff doing it by himself. Like, oh, 100%. And that's where, like, for me, like, it'd be nice to see some more lore, but I will take cards over lore personally. Hey, I'm yeah. savvy with anything. I, I will be honest, going back to, I, I don't mean to go back before we end the podcast, but I'm going to go back to my dislikes about Legion's Realms at War. Um, I love the community, but that's one of the things that I dislike as well, 
is that I do see a lot of people with the wants all the time. And as I always say, and you guys know how I am, I'm abrasive. I'm honest. I'm not going to, I'm going to be transparent with people. Um, what are you doing to get that? And that was one of my dislikes as well is like the community has to put more effort into helping grow the game. You know, we, we play it, we go to LGS and that's great, but let's start sharing that stuff on social media, start pushing the information out, stop, start spreading the word of the Kickstarter. Um, you know, Taylor can't do it by himself. Um, I, I only have so many people that follow me, uh, so I can't do it myself, but can you imagine if, you know, the discord community of hundreds of people, each just hit the share button on a Facebook post, hit the share button on a Twitter post, Instagram post, whatever, you know, how many people that would reach. Exactly. Uh, and that's what the community needs to start doing. Just don't just go to it and look at it and be like, oh, that's cool. And at least hit that like button. At least, you know, like I said, there's just a right over to the right hand side. There's this cool arrow and it says share. And you don't even have to type anything. You just have to hit that button and boom, it's done for you. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I just wish the community was more active in, in helping growing the game. Um, so, and that's just me with being honest as I can be. No, I, I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't well, especially because anybody. like for some things, it's, it doesn't take a lot, right? Like it's like, like, like there's pieces that people can do to easily help that it takes 10 seconds. Like, like you yeah. said, like you're, you're reading that Facebook post that we just, that Lisa's just put out or whatever. It's just like hit that share button, hit that like button. It takes you 10 seconds and you've now pushed it out to potentially more people to see it and help grow and promote, right? Yeah. And exactly. that's, that's the thing is that we I have a hard time asking for, right? Like I don't want to ask anything from my Why community. why? Why? I don't mean to cut you off, but why? Why should you feel bad for that, Taylor? You've you've shared this world with us, you've shared this game with us, you are putting so much time and effort into it. Why would you feel bad about asking the community and your fans that love your game to to do something, something like that? Back. You should never feel bad to reach out to the community and ask them to do something like that. You have given us so much in this game, um, and and I will say it. Uh, uh, I, I've said it. You guys have heard me on my 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 channel before. I am more passionate about Legion's Realms at War because of the game that literally saved my life when I was in a very low part of my life. And, and I'll talk about it. And I was very suicidal. Um, I was looking for something, anything to give me a little spark of something in my life. And it just so happened to be that day. Legion's Realms at War came across on a Facebook post of all things of a video. And my wife's like, hey, well, my wife knew I was having a rough time. Uh, she's constantly concerned with me with that stuff. And we went up to the store and bought that game. And I, you know, I did some videos on it. Wasn't a big fan of it. Taylor reached out, sent a box, and I just grew and to love this game more. So the game literally saved my life. You literally saved my life. So why can't I just go and hit a share button? Why can't I go and like something? Why can't I ask community to do something like that? You should never feel bad to ask community to help you out with all the work that you put into it. Um, I agree. I agree with you. I do, and maybe it's the Canadian in me. I'm not sure. I don't yeah, you all are too nice, man. I, I, you all are too nice, more, man. I, I think it's not even just a Canadian thing. It's just a Taylor thing. T Taylor, as a Canadian, doesn't like asking those kinds of things of people because it's not really just an us kind of thing to ask that. But I think it's just T Taylor's a person. He's humble. He he's humble. He's persistent. He's He's what I call in the military or what we, we call people in the military, a quiet professional um, is somebody that just puts in all the work 
but never asks for anything in return, never wants accolades, just wants people to enjoy the game. He's oh, 100%. a professional. 100%. Well, that, and, and that's Taylor, right? T- Taylor does this for the passion of seeing people enjoying playing the game, right? That, like, like, that's what Taylor loves seeing, right? Is people enjoying playing the game that he created and the world that he created. And this is where Taylor doesn't want to ask for help. He just wants people to be able well, to enjoy it. Well, when Taylor doesn't ask for help, I have to go and make videos to where I break down and look like a giant <laughs> sissy in front oh. of everybody. And I can't keep I can't keep making videos like that. So well and this is like I said, it's a double edged sword for me, right? Because I, you know, ultimately I don't like to ask things of people because like you said, the quiet professional, right? Like, like you said earlier too, like our community is so good at, we don't, we don't shit talk anyone. We don't, we don't say, say anything bad, you know? And to me, I have always been a proponent and always believer, believe that um, if you want it bad enough, you work for it. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I never came from a lot as a kid. I got, I got, uh, I got some good family support um, now in this endeavor, but you know, is that ultimately I don't, I don't like to ask a lot from the community because you guys are already supporting us. You're already buying boxes, you know, you're doing what you can right now to keep the dream alive. But at the same time, you know, especially hard now in the in the times that we're in economically, but it's just the fact that like the it's the it's the growth that we need. Yeah. It's not even necessarily the indulgence of product. It's the growth that we need. And that's why we took the we took what we had and we were going to originally stay clear of Kickstarter, but we understand that that's a tool in the toolbox that we just have to access. Absolutely. We have to Agreed. use it's Agreed. it's a mass marketing tool in a world where people don't read magazines anymore. They don't read There's newspapers so... anymore. There's, There's no just... billboard advertisements anymore. It's you have to have a different media and your social media, like you said, Andrew, it only reaches so many people mm-hmm. and we only have so many followers. You only have so many followers. So yeah. if I can ask anything from the community for you guys in this room, talking with us right now, for everyone listening on the podcast, First of all, thanks for listening and thanks for tuning in this long. Um, but it's the matter of, like Andrew said, hit that share button. We got a we got a, a Kickstarter launching. It's our biggest and best set yet. It is everything. Empires has been with me for six and a half years. I'm tired of looking at it. <laughs> I want to get it. I want to get it in everyone's hands so they can look at it and enjoy it. He just the wants art. it out so he does. it's not the thorn in his side anymore is what he yeah. wants. He just wants it to be done. The art is phenomenal in the set. Our artist did an amazing job. We have yeah. so much cool things coming in this if, set. There, I have so much I want to share with the community. Macabre is almost finished already. You know, like it's, we're going to be moving into <sighs> testing and we're going to be moving testing into Macabre in January. Well, the Kickstarter is going on in January. We are testing Macabre and Empires is being put to print. Like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces. But if I can ask anything from you guys and ask anything from the community, like Andrew said, you know, I this is gonna this is gonna be the first time hearing it from me. Share, share it, share it. Yeah. Tell people, sure. tell your friends, mm-hmm. tell your family. Ask tell them your instead LGS, of, tell everybody, yeah. man. Instead of instead of asking Tell for, your 90 year old grandma, I don't care. Maybe she'll yeah. like TCGs. I don't know. You know, most of us, Matt is a little younger, but most of us are in the position where, you know, 
we don't really get Christmas presents anymore. So um, instead, my wife spoils me, bro. I get Christmas presents yeah, every year. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. instead, ask uh, ask Santa to give you some money for Kickstarter. You know, um, uh, set 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 it aside and put it in. I'm telling you right now. Uh, you can't. You can only see this Kickstarter launch page. Make sure you hit that. Say that. Uh, notify me on launch. But I'm gonna tell you right now before it goes to launch. The deals that we have on this Kickstarter page, you're not gonna find anywhere else. You're not gonna find I've, in your LGS. I've already hit notify and I already plan on backing. I, I yep. don't know what tier I'm gonna choose, but I already know I'm backing because I have to give back to the game that gave to me so much. So exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like if you, if you if you're a part of the community and you're a fan of the game. Um, give back to the game that's given to you so much. Uh, it's put so much work in for you to love it. So um, you don't have to hit that super high tier. Um, no, not at all. But I'm telling hit you, that, right hit now, that, hit that tier, or hit one of those tiers, support the game. Um, I, I mean, I get it, man. It's it's rough times for everybody, but if you can't afford to, hit it. Let's do it. Let's make this game what it is. What, the best what I'm telling out you there, is so. we're making sure that you get the best deals possible. So we want to have the great deals for the new players. So an easy entry into the game. I mean, a single Empire's booster box. You're, you have a 93% chance of building a deck right out of the box, at a one that's, booster box. That's the thing that I wanted to, to, to uh, talk about was this is the set that if you are just now going to get into this game, this is the best set to buy because you're going to have the possibility to pull the Warlords, Synergies, Guardians, everything you need, which we didn't get at the start of this game uh this is the set you want to get into right now so exactly for new players this is the set you want to get into and we're offering it we're offering it 20 dollars less than you're going to see it at an lgs per box so and that's going to multiply over the tiers and it's going to get cheaper per box the higher your tier goes up so we're going to reward not only the new players that want to invest the time, money, and energy into something new that looks awesome and incredible, but we're going to reward the existing players because you're going to be able to get way more product for cheaper than you normally would. Um, and it's our biggest set yet. At 24 packs per box, 15 and, and cards per pack, it's 360 cards in a box. None of our sets have ever been that big. All I hear right now is take my money. And yeah. you got LGS tiers coming up for LGSs. We, uh, we have three then... LGS tiers um, for small, medium, and large game stores. Um, even the large game store LGS, I was actually talking with Nerds, the owner of Nerds Cafe tonight about it, and he said he might just pledge two at that high, at, at the highest tier because it's still so affordable. So if 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 Nerds has it, I'm just going to throw this out there for everybody. Uh, I, I don't mean to promote this on the on the podcast, but um, if Nerds does have product, and even if you're in the United States or you're there in Canada and you're close to Nerds or you have a web a computer with internet or a phone with internet and you go to Nerds Cafe, you can actually go there and buy all Legion's Realms at War product, singles and sealed, and you can get 10% off by using uh, Roll4 Initiative. Uh, promo code so everybody needs to remember that like if if you're having a hard time finding the game nerds cafe is probably the place to go and you can get a 10 percent discount on all legions realms at war stuff so that's true they um, ship international and yep. you know and if you're american buying from nerds remember there's the currency exchange so you actually your dollar is way more is worth way more than ours is so you're saving gonna get, money you're going to be saving money hand over fist so yep absolutely so 
uh, I make sure that when you know we air this podcast that uh, Matt and me will sit down and do some editing and we'll we'll put all the links to that stuff in the uh, description of the podcast so everybody has access to the nerds website, the Legion's website, every all that stuff's already going to be all there. But we'll make sure we put all that information in there for people with the promo code and everything. Because so one thing matter- I was going to say before we go, I want to make sure Andrew, you know, you know it best out of any of us. Um, where are they going to be able to find this podcast and future podcasts? Okay, so this podcast is going, and all future podcasts are going literally everywhere. Uh, it's going to be on Apple. It's going to be on Google. It's going to be on Spotify. Uh, if it's a podcast uh, uh, site, it will be there. Uh, I already have the uh platform that we're using as soon as me and matt do the editing as soon as we hit that launch button for this episode it will literally already hit all those automatically we don't have to do anything it will go to every single podcast site there is so So you're going to be able to find us in the legion's lounge um on all of the different podcast sites and stitcher is one of them too right i believe you said it is it is yeah i have the list and uh, and iheart radio and iheart radio anything that you think of if you have a phone and it has a podcast um app on it we will be on there if you have a computer and it has a podcast it will be on there spotify like i said apple google play we will be on all of it so Something great to listen to over a long winter while you're... Yeah, I know everybody probably gets really bored um, looking at mine and Opal and Caleb's faces during content on on YouTube. And we wanted to try to expand. um, I personally want to try to expand what I do to New Realms, which is doing a podcast with uh, who better than the creator of Legion's Realms at War and the creator of a game than Taylor Howe. And, you know, the help of Matt Waller, our producer, who's been an incredible help with me with this podcast and other things um, when it comes. And then, you know, having awesome guests like Patrick and whoever we may have on in the future. um, I just want to expand what we do to help grow the game in every way that we can, whether it be through podcasts or, or streaming videos or whatever we have to do. So hitting that share button on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, you know, Um, expand the game, grow the game be the community that we need to be um, and help. So like I said, share, share, share. Like I said, we'll be on all platforms for um, podcasts. So, Well, Pat, do you want to add anything? No, I think it's just everything's already been said that I think I can think of. Um, Thanks for having me on. And I can't wait to see who else you guys bring on as guests. Hey, you're guest numero uno, buddy. Yeah, apparently I was at the top of the list. You were you were at the top of the list. You were absolutely top of the list. How many tournament wins do you have, Patrick? Just off of uh, just uh, curious. Uh, not as many as AJ. Well, there you go. We know that. <laughs> um. So, and this is where it gets a little funny. Um. So for large scale tournaments, I have zero. Okay. For weekly events which are our smaller tournaments weekly. Um, have I hit I be- double I digits? Believe, um, I believe weekly. I was going to say seven. Events. I was going to say, I think you're in seven. I was going to say seven. Somewhere in around there. Nice. I, I have zero. I have not got to play in a tournament yet because I'm always busy so. pushing the game or doing content on it. I didn't even get to play in the Siege Series tournament, which I was a little bummed out about, but... 
that's the price you pay when you're a content creator and you want to help grow the game and you want to be there for the community. I had to do what I had to do, and that was bow Ace. out for the tournament and do what well, I had to do. But well, I'm hoping to make it down for the next back. one. Yep, I know. I'm, hope, I'm hoping to make it down for the next one, and I really hope that year you can get to play in the next one. And maybe yeah, we'll uh, yeah. Hopefully the year's not too um, too busy for me, and I'll be able to make this one. And actually, um, I'll probably hand the reins over to somebody else, one of the other cohorts, Caleb or Opal, and have them do uh, content since they got to uh, play in the last one. At least you know a couple of the cohorts got to play, but. Uh, We'll hand That's it, okay. Hand it when the next one comes out, you know it's going to be there anyways. Werewolves probably, so you know I'll wait for the good stuff. No, no. We'll, we'll hand the we'll hand the opals already qualified. Yeah, she got her she got her top eight invite. Hand we'll hand the content reins over to Opal. Like I said, Legions is uh, we're coming back to uh, we're coming back to America strong next year. So yeah, uh, uh, maybe... and that's the other thing too. Um, we will be um, doing every other week starting uh, January. Um, we're going to be doing probably one final video on our um, YouTube channel this month. Um, we're, we're only going to have time for one video. It's going to be a uh, best of kind of all the games we've covered. And then we're going to start fresh in January, you know, with the holidays coming up. And uh, we'll be actually doing our live streams every other Thursday at Guild Vault. Um, probably live streaming the tournaments there and stuff So for Legion. So that should be exciting. Something new that, that we don't do awesome. a lot of. Yeah, we awesome. don't get to do a lot of gameplay videos on our YouTube channel because we're usually just reviewing and talking about the games. But I think that with the next new year coming, we wanted to try to change it up and, and do some things differently and actually get some gameplay in all these games that we play. So um, like I said, every other Thursday, we'll probably be at Guild Vault. And you guys will get to watch me as I try to grow that community and get those numbers up at that tournament for the next tournament. So, well, like I said, we're gonna try and make our, um, we're gonna try and make America big and bad, big and badass next year. So, um, you know, we've we've already, uh, we we've already applied to uh, we've applied to Gen Con in Indianapolis for August. I'll be um, there. So Just hopefully, so you know. hopefully we get ex accepted, and they. Uh, they're looking at us for a booth for Entrepreneur Alley as well there. So that could be something pretty big for us. It's the largest gaming convention in, in North America. So um, if we if we get the accepted for that, you'll definitely see us at Gen Con. Um, I'll, I'll, but, I'll see you there because it's only four hours from me. So that's awesome. And even as I said, even before that, too, right, we have some great we have some great uh, American stores um, that are already playing tournaments. Um, Guild Vault being our biggest for tournament turnout so far, but uh, we also have some works with another stuff. We got a we got a, a really interested player and in getting a, a community working on right now in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, we have another player and interested party working on a, uh, a store a store out in Flemington, New Jersey. It's St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis is um, Magellan Games in St. Louis. Um. Send me their info. They're only about three hours from me, and I constantly go to St. Louis. Uh, we drive that way to go home, actually. So I'd love to stop in there. Yeah. So like I said, we have we have a, a community member that's working there. We have one that's uh, in our Discord that's working on a store in Flemington, New Jersey, and we have another one that's working on a store now in uh, in Dallas, Texas. So uh, the yes. growth is happening, you know, and it starts with that one community champion, and that's why we have our Legion's fan ambassador. Uh, program that you know I haven't seen any other TCG do, um, and I think that's an untapped market that we want to capitalize on and support and reward the players that support us. So, 
Yeah, which, uh, yeah, we'll talk, definitely talk about that more on the next podcast. Cause I, as actually, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the ambassador program, uh, on, on one of the upcoming podcasts. Cause I think it's something really important to uh, talk about because it is such a unique idea that no other TCGs done. Um, so I, I think that, uh, it's definitely important to talk about that. So we will definitely talk about that for sure. In upcoming Anything podcast. lastly you want to add, Matt, anything else? Before I think we, I'm all uh, good. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Um, again, Pat, thanks so much for um, being part of the show tonight uh, and hanging thanks out for having with me, us. Guys. And, yeah, absolutely, man. And Taylor, thanks so much for uh, being here. It's awesome to um, have a podcast where you actually get to sat, sit down with the creator of the game and uh, pick his brain a little bit with guests and stuff. Um, so I appreciate you for being here as well. And uh, Matt, my producer, my main man, I could not do this podcast without you. I appreciate everything that you've done for me, man. Um, absolutely amazing guy. Uh, staple in the Legion's community, too, uh, Matt is. So um, does Thank a lot you. for the community. So um, I appreciate everybody. And um, like I said, you can find us on all uh, podcast platforms. And we will be back with another episode next week. So um, well, thanks again, thanks. everybody. Thanks for watching Matt. episode two of Le Legion's Lounge. Yep. Thank you. And Thanks everybody everyone. have a great night.